just in front of Sabak. He's strong, Ellsberg. Kicks, wins. Ellsberg a half head to Sabak. Hello everyone, welcome along to Thoroughbred Weekly. Ron Duffy and Corey Brown with me yesterday at Rosehill Gardens for uh, three outstanding performances by Ellsberg, Barber and She's a Belter. We'll cover off what happened down south, but first of all to Rosehill. Yep, and yeah, they were three outstanding performers, the three of them, but Ellsberg, wow, what a, he was a little query at 1800, a little query on a very dry track, and he has the hide to go out there and take half a second off a 25-year-old track record held by a legitimate good horse in Intergaze. Yeah. So uh, a marvellous achievement, a marvellous achievement. He looked like he was first up too. He walked in the enclosure, he looked... He's just, a good-looking horse, yeah, he's like he didn't, there was no dents in him. He's been to, been to war a few times, but there, he looked terrific. And the two-year-old, after missing the start, Barber, he's unbeaten two out of two now. Yeah, well, we all say, uh, look, it got very hard late in the day and hard to make up ground. And we all say, oh, you know, it's impossible to make ground. Here's a horse, and especially the Rose Hill 1100, near yeah. impossible to give start in. Yeah. And here he is, missing the start and coming from last winning. So there's got to be a big, big feather in his cap. And he, he got upside, that horse. He's a legitimate target for the Golden Slipper. I know it's a long way out, but he's a nice horse. It was amazing how much he'd switched on compared to his first start at Ramwick when he won. He walked in the enclosure yesterday and he knew what the game was all about. He was right up on his, you know, right up on his toes and he, he looked a, he looked a million dollars. Yeah, and, and and she's a belter. We've been waiting for her after Queensland. It's just yeah. been a delayed mm. comeback. Yeah, she just had that infection in her leg that they had to get on top of, so they missed most. It might be a blessing in disguise come autumn, um, which she's had, you know, she had a busy, she had a busy schedule mm -hmm. as a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And uh, so she's had a little, and she looked great. She's put on lots of condition, and uh, I thought she was very, very dominant. She, you mm. know, she she bounded into the bit, she travelled, and was always took ownership of that race. Yeah, pretty much give it to them. <laughs> and the two champs, the two most talked about horses in the country, Nature Strip and Animo, both beaten down south. Mm. Yeah, well, that's you know, that's racing. They they they, they had a hard track as well, uh, but he, yeah, look, he's. Uh, he hasn't gone bad, but that, that mere rocking horse, she is a, yeah. a, a, a beast down the straight. Just yeah. have a look at her record down the straight, and it's untouchable. And Animo never looked like no, beating Zaki. Like, no. Actually, it was a great effort, I thought, by Zaki. Like, he, you know, like they highballed out in front for a fair way. Like, he was there to be beaten, but um, when, when the whips were cracking, he was, you know, he put his hand up. Mm. Have you, like, have you ever had a mate that's a pest that you want to avoid at all costs? Just a, we've all had one. Do you want, do you want, do you want me to name him? That's <laughs> <laughs> a long list. Here now, we go. Now, okay. Alligator Blood and Zaki. Yep. They're two bullies. Yep. They're two bullies yep. that like to show off the same way. Yep. You put them apart, then they can do their own thing. Mm. And, yep. and they showed that yesterday. In their, they're in the same race, they've got bullish trainers. You lead, you lead. Yep. They're both mad leaders. Yep. You pull them apart and they can show their strengths. Yeah. Yep. And, and that was evident yesterday. Alligator blood at a mile on a dry, dark at his strength, 2,000 metres at a dry, and away they go. Yep. Exactly. Well, we're going to get to those in a moment, but firstly to Ellsberg and the Five Diamonds, the first running of the $2 million race for five-year-olds. Uh, Gerald Ryan had set Ellsberg for the Five Diamonds prelude worth a million at a mile. They picked up the Epsom on the way through, 
and then thought, well, we have to go to 1800 and have a crack for two million. Yeah, well, what do you say? He's just a, a brave, informed horse. He was there to be beaten here with a, with a fit backup horse in Sabak. And I thought, hello, you got him, Sabak, you got him. But he lifted, he wanted to win. And he, like you said, he's done an amazing job to put those three wins together now in uh, pretty emphatic style, even though one was a dead heat. But uh, um, yeah, what do you want to say? He just did his thing. Corey. It was just a well judged ride by Tommy, you know, like he didn't. When you, when you go to those races and you're a suspect at the 1800, sometimes you can probably take the speed out of the horse too much, trying to hold him up and give him that chance to get the 1800. But Tommy just judged the speed really, really well. Even when, um, uh, what was it, come around him, um, semi it and come around him, put a little bit of pressure on uh, Ayrton. Ayrton. Yeah, and, um, Sometimes you could you know, fall for the trick and go a little bit quicker, or you know, then try and take the speed out. But it's just a great, really well judged ride. Mm. Yeah, look, Sabak was good, and um, I thought Law of Indices had plenty of excuses there. He was, he was wide no cover for the last 1,200 metres of that race, and um, maybe um, you can go home with a, a little bit of an excuse, but you just can't take anything away from the winner. I thought those two imports um, were both good for. Next preparation, new mandate and long villa, villas. So uh, they could be one to watch for later on. All right, well, Tommy's had a big week. He had a good day there yesterday and uh, he, of course, won the Oaks on Thursday. Here he is alongside Gerald Ryan. He's been going really good. Like, he spelled him after he went, pulled up sore at um, Eagle Farm. We, we spelled him up there at Andrew's place and he looked after him and pre-trained him. He's done it for the last two years for, with us after his campaign in Queensland. And he's probably back two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. I said to the boys from Newcastle that are in him, I, I said, I reckon this horse has improved. Um, how can he improve as a five-year-old stallion? But I do reckon he has this time around. And, um, you know, sure, today's $2 million race and all that, but there's more satisfaction to it than anything. Fred Luder was a race you really sent him for with this race. You know, not being an afterthought, but if he won the Fred Luder, he'd go here and we'd yeah. see if he can go 1,800. Um, the Epsom was the one that jumped in where we weren't going to, but that was only because when he got beat here, he start before the Epsom. Um, I thought he's getting handicapped out of these races, so he's only got one more win in him, and he's going to have to go to wait for age racing, and that's why these two races, the Prelude and today, were up his alley because they were set weights. Um, that being a handicap, he'd been given a lot of those horses a lot more weight than two and a half and three kilos. You know, he's tough. He's probably tougher than you and I put together, Brownie. Um, but I felt like I had a one after a furlong. Like he just got in such a lovely rhythm. He was going quick enough not to get annoyed, but still giving himself a bit of a breather. And then I was able to just quicken up before the corner and, and let him use his toughness. And, you know, he sort of floated a bit there like he has most of his starts. But when he was challenged, geez, he just he, he pulled out again for me and, and, and showed me how tough he was once again. Dylan Gibbons, Sabak. Yeah, deserve to win. That hurts a bit. Hugh Bowman, Laws of Indices. He was very brave. Ring and Bayless Diamond. Yeah, superb run. He's just going to keep improving this horse. Rachel King, Uncle Bryn. Um, yeah, he's run super. Did really well to make up that much ground on a uh, off a very fast tempo. Sam Clippen and Ayrton. He was disappointing. I thought with the way the race was run, myself and eventual winner Ellsberg, we we're going to fight it out. But my horse was gone in the corner, so a um, bit of a head scratcher. All right, let's go and hear from Kyle Ryan from Annabelle Neesham's camp with the runners-up. Super proud of the boys. They both wore their heart on their sleeves. They've tried hard and just run into a very good horse. Pretty hard when it's a track record. Yeah, exactly right. That's going on top of it. What do you do with those two now? 
Um, not sure. We'll let her deal with all that sort of stuff. But um, Sabaki's had the two runs in the five days, so I'm not sure where he'll go. Gong's always there as well, so she'll go back with the team, assess how they pull up and go from there. I guess two weeks off, 200 metres backwards to the 1,600 metres of the gong. It's got to be tempting. Oh, yeah, that extra prize money too is unbelievable, so it is looks Thanks. good. Extra prize money coming up this Saturday as well with the hunter. Now, here's the market. There are no noms out for it as yet. Waihaha Falls is going there. You can put a line through Private Eye in Eduardo. Yeah. Yep. Um, in fact, most of those um, in the Congo is definitely going. So we can lock in Waihaha Falls in the Congo. We can lock in Overpass. Uh, let's go through a few of them, uh, starting with uh, John O'Shea about the favourite at this stage, Waihaha Falls. We're really happy with him, you know, and uh, he's a progressive horse and he gets so well treated at the weight scale. Uh, the concern for us is getting a run, and uh, despite the fact he's rating significantly higher than what would need to get in last year, you know, the, the carnival's grown and so too is the strength of that race. And so he could be a little bit doubtful to getting a run, so hopefully he can get into the race. Last start, fourth of 18 in the Sydney Stakes. That was first up since June 9. And in typical fashion for your stable, you brought it through those grades in the middle of winter, a couple of benchmark wins. Yeah, we would love to have had one more run and then the meeting got washed out. But so we popped him out and you know, set him for that race and just drew a little awkwardly and didn't have much luck late. So, you know, wouldn't have needed much luck to be in the finish. The key for him is obviously the big drop in weight. You know, he drops six, seven kilos and um, Kieran's going to ride him. So it's a, you know, slight drop in grade, but a big drop in weight. And Lions were a possibility as well? Well, we need to get him started. He's in good form. He'll need two runs going into the Villiers, primarily just because he's had so long out, you know. Um, and, and it would be a nice start for him and then go to the festival and then into the, uh, well, the now Ingham. All right, let's find out how uh, the Wallace stable will be represented in the Hunter. Yeah, Bondo, he's come through the Sydney Stakes well. He had no luck. He was out the back and um, it was... Quite on, on, on speed race, and um, he's come through the run well, trialled nicely since, freshened up well, and uh, he's in with a good chance over 1,300 metres. And what about Shakira? Shakira, yeah, he's had a luckless preparation in Melbourne. Um, he's been hit with rain-affected tracks and was scratched him a few times. Uh, he'll come back to Sydney and, uh, and um, likely, likely head to the Hunter, and um, if he does, he should be in, in the mix. And Tycoonist? Tycoonist, yeah, he also ran in the Sydney Stakes. It was a very brave effort, finishing fifth. Um, uh, he was very game in defeat and uh, he's, he's trialled well since and his work at home has been well to suggest he'll run a cheeky race. And what about Skyman? Skyman, yep. His uh, last start was in the Rowley Mile at Hawkesbury where he won impressively. Um, he's had two trials since. Uh, his work's been good since. Tommy Berry actually trial, uh, galloped him on Saturday morning and said he's very sharp. So we're very hopeful with him. Um, he's in great order and look, he's in for a good preparation. I understand there's one more Bullfinch. It's a possibility, but not certain. Yeah, Bullfinch, look, he's come through his run at Randwick on uh, Cup Day in great order. Frankie said that he uh, gave, had a lovely run in transit and he just, just struggled to finish off a little bit over the concluding stages. But, look, he's bounced through that well and he's in great order. And uh, should he line up in the Hunter, he should be in the mix as well. The Hunter, 1,300 metres, a million dollars. In the Congo is heading there. In the Congo going to the Hunter, um, yeah, dropping back to the 1,300 metres is probably suitable for him and um, you know, I think it would be a better set up race for him um, obviously coming out of the, the Golden Eagle there, may have just found that the 1500 metres a touch far and, you know, and what was ultimately became sort of a high pressure race as well but I thought the horse ran, ran really well um, stuck on great he, he's, in, he's in really good shape and has come through the run in good order so um, 
trained on nicely and yeah, I, I think he'll run a big race in the Hunter for us. Okay, uh, Shelby 66 is, uh, I don't know whether it's heading to the Hunter, might be too dry. Here's Danny Williams. It was always uh, on our uh, mud map plan to sort of go there and uh, it looks a nice race being an open handicap. It's had the six runs back now and you did say at the start that it needed at least two of those for fitness and it finally uh, got heavily involved in the finish at Flemington on Cup Day. You'd be pretty happy with that run. We were. It was the first time he's had everything go his way. He didn't have a lot of luck the, the week before going around the Sydney Stakes. He drew the car park and went a long way back. And, you know, we've been eyeing this race off. He's been in the wrong races early, but we had to run him in those to get fitness under his legs. And uh, dropping back to a handicap really suits him. And 1,300, he's been crying out for that. And there's another option for Shelby. Yeah, well, I read this morning or somewhere that, he, that he's going to be nominated for the Snake Gully Cup. We'll be able to ride him if they get that much weight. <laughs> yeah. A group know. one winner in the Snake Gully <laughs> Cup. Well, it'll be an attraction. Yeah. Um, Alright, that's uh, that's Shelby. Uh, let's, uh, well, overpass. He's been to a Everest and a Golden Eagle. Yeah, I think we'll definitely have a look at it. He's still in work, so uh, we'll nominate and uh, just weigh it up from there. Sixth in the Everest, ninth in the Golden Eagle. Obviously, this race, not as difficult, still a big racer. Well, yeah, back to handicap and, and probably suits him, but it is still a big race, of course. And, um, no, he, he's still going well. He's holding his form well and back to 1,300 suits. Four runs this campaign, so there should be plenty of gas left in the tank. Yeah, I hope so. He hasn't been overtaxed. He's been in some really tough races, so it only it sort of gets weaker from where he's been. All right, and Chris Lees would love to win the Hunter on his home track. A couple of uh, seconds. Danny Greer here with an update on that stable. Very excited for the Hunter upcoming, um, you know, and five nice chances in the race. Those horses are Never Talk, Lock Eagle, Gem Song, Enchanted Heart and Acquitted. Is it a case of if they all get in, they'll all run? Yeah, that's the aim. Uh, you know, all horses are going quite well. Uh, Never Talk's one was quite good last start at Randwick. She probably just got a little bit detached from the field there in the early middle stages, but um, can't fault the way she hit the line. Uh, she, she was quite good. And, and I'd say probably Jem Song's our other sort of main chance leading into the race. He, he's going quite well. He didn't get beat too far at Randwick last start. And, um, you know, not, not to say that the other, other three don't have a chance as well. And Shannon Hart just had a little bit of a setback in Melbourne. She was ready to go there uh, last week and unfortunately was kicked by another runner behind the barriers and there was a late scratching um, which prevented her from running on the day but she's taken no harm from that and she's come back in good order and um, really pleased with how Lock Eagle's going. Um, it was probably a below par performance from him last start but most importantly he's, he's come through that run really well and, and acquitted uh, can only improve on what he showed us first up. All right, Chris Lees was very happy with himself in uh, Melbourne, training a winner during the week. Um, and people just couldn't wait to congratulate him. Oh, I know. He's, uh, they just couldn't wait. We have these awkward moments and, uh, yeah, yeah, you just left, get <laughs> left stranded there. Poor old Got Bob. <laughs> I think Bob was uh, in trouble the year before when he didn't give Sue a kiss. So he's, I think it was in the back of his head. <laughs> well, I, think, I think Sue even bypassed Bob and went to Chris. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was, a, it was a double take there. Bob's ignored Chris. He said, oh. Sue's ignored Bob. Let's have a group hug now. <laughs> oh, Chris, congratulations. Oh, sorry. Oh. Rosita winning in Melbourne during the week. <laughs> well, let's go down to uh, the champion sprint now. Rockin' Horse. Rock a rockin' horse has won the champion sprint beating the champ.
yep. nature strip. And um, beat him on his merits. She is just a, a, a straight track ripper. She won a new market. I think she said four runs at Flemington. Two wins now in two seconds. So how can you fault her? And isn't he a big-time performer, Mike Moroney? Yes. Yeah. How many times do you see him yeah. in these big, big group ones in spring? He's like a forgotten trainer. And he goes, bang, right? Yeah, for sure. And he, yeah. I think he did it later with a 101 chance late in the day. It was a 100s into 20s um, snapper in the last. Uh, but, look... Uh, I reckon Willow would like his time again. Yeah, I don't think that horse is... I, I reckon he's a better horse round the bend, ben, that giga yeah. kick. I, I wouldn't be bagging him. And how can... You know, all the knockers were out... Um, are out now for Nature Strip. Oh, no, probably because he's an odds-on favourite and gets beat, but he, he still give his all. He's still there. He's still <laughs> right there giving his all. Yeah. He just didn't travel like he usually mm. travels and trucks through the run there. So I thought they were all going to run over the top of him and he was going to run seventh. So yeah. did I. So did I. He's just a little bit flat there yesterday, I must say. Although it was another one, a hard track again. So he's, he's, he's mm. been belting around here on the softer tracks and then you go down and you, you find a good yeah. three and... It's a bit of shock to the system. Something's, mm. something's got to give, though. Like, the, the big trip overseas, you know, he, he gives 110% every time he steps out. Like That's right. There's got to be a run or two that, you know, he's not, he's not there. Let's go to the bullies. Back-to-back <laughs> back, back back bullies here. Alligator blood. Yeah. Out in front doing his thing. Yeah, and uh, look, back to a mile on a dry track. That's his strengths. And he's, his form has been impeccable all the way through. And he just gets the typical Tim Clark ride. Yeah. You know, quicken at the right time before they make their moves. Their wheels spin. Yep. And it's all over, isn't it? It was. He's a he's a monster horse, isn't he? Like he's just he's great. Like you said, he's just a real bully. But Tim Clark rides all front runners really, really well. Obviously, the background. You know, with him and Gay and Adrian, always up on speed. But mate, full credit. Yeah. Look, Mr. Brightside comes out of that form as well. Um, Tuvalu, if he goes to Perth, he'll be something uh, to talk about because he's uh, absolutely flying. And he just travelled like a sprinter there, didn't he? Private eye. Yeah. He, just, just yeah. Not, he, didn't, he didn't race like a miler. No. Um, obviously, been tr kept fresh for those sprinting races and reacted. And to the mile there, he was still acting like the sprinter. Yeah, he was right up in the bridle. Too mm. much work. Well, at the start of this carnival, remember the conversation we were having, uh, James McDonald, who does he ride? Does he yeah. ride Animo or Zaki? And, of course, Animo has gone on to win four Group 1s, but Zaki got revenge yesterday. Yep, and playing to his strengths again. Just let run. You've got to let him run. We've seen that with his big wins in the past. You've got to let him run. I think that may have been the tactics yesterday. Well, he's a shocker. Who would have thought? Uh, he, I know he gets beat for second on protest by... Uh, Mawanga, which gives the stable uh, the Quinella, which is a huge result. But, you know, he's a shocker. Was You know, he went round the... What do you go around? The, the Craven Plate and the Rose Hill Cup, and I think most thought he was um, he might be a wet tracker. Uh, but he, he he's run the race of his life there. Um, Animo? Yeah, what do you make of that? I don't know. He, he, he didn't... He had a barrier and didn't hold his position for the first time. Yeah. He, he, he saw a couple of them things that crossed him you wouldn't have thought could cross him. So... I don't know, maybe it was the dry track with him or maybe he's just had enough as Come well. Or maybe he does, I know he won a Cox Plate, but maybe he doesn't run 2,000 on a big, big Flemington track. Yeah. So yeah. interesting what they do with him in the autumn. Oh, he just seemed very lacklustre. He just didn't have that, yeah. maybe he's, you know, gassed himself in the Cox Plate, but he just didn't have that killer punch yesterday watching him. Yeah, it just really lacklustre. It was the same with I'm Thunderstruck. So that may come down to the sectionals, mm. and, you know, where they rested and sprinted and them horses left lamenting out the back. So yep. I can understand if one of them went bad, you could say, oh, geez, he didn't go yeah. well. When you've got 
two dominant horses in the market like that, and they're both finished back there and couldn't sprint with those horses on speed, you've got to start pulling the race yeah. apart a bit more. Mm. Well, that was uh, down there in Melbourne. We'll come back and have a look at the Golden Gift win by Barber yesterday at Rose Hill. All right, let's have a look at the Golden Gift, a million dollars. Uh, Barbara won the Kirkham Plate and he came out and won the Golden Gift, but it wasn't as simple as it was in the Kirkham Plate. We'll show you what happened at the start in a moment. But let's pick them up around the home turn. When he's back on the fence, he's about to get clear. Yep, and obviously they flew here, but uh, he just got on the wrong leg there on the point of the turn. And uh, you've got to give him credit. Uh, to do what he did here in this race uh, was pretty good. I know they're, they're green two-year-olds, most of them having their first start, but he still, he knuckled down and he, he got the job done. It's one of those things we talked about Tim Clark on front running horses. If you're on a back marker, you want Bowman on. He's just so good at coming off their backs. Like it wasn't the plan, I asked him that in the post-race interview, I said, was it plan A or plan B to, to be ridden like that after you missed the start? And he said, no, we, we wanted to be sort of midfield or a touch worse. Uh, so they weren't planning on riding him up on the speed, but cut the corner, he, he was just, he was really good. Yeah. He was good. You know, the, uh, it's, it's, it's hard not to give him a dig after you miss the start when yeah. you're, you're on, a, on pacer, but the old rule is go to you know, the, word, the best way to get always beat is miss the start and then charge it up because you've got nothing left at the finish. Well, let's have a look at what happened at the start. Barrier 13, second from the outside. Uh, he just jumps just in the air. Started to get a bunny hop, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And then watch Bowman now. He just angles straight towards the fence. Yeah, and a winning move, wasn't it? It was, uh, if he, yeah, it was just so smart and and so experienced. Yeah, that's mm. what it is. It, the experience, I yeah. know. Like uh, that would have been an apprentice. He would have panicked. They would have give it the good old dig in the ribs and try yeah. and catch him up. It's 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 not the way they ride him, but he rode it well. And around the home turn, it wasn't uh, Bowman's fault here. It looked worse first go when he comes out there, but no rider at fault. It was the horse did that. Yeah, they're green two-year-olds. They get a little a feel of another horse, and then, and then he, he sort of he probably had momentum and had to duck around one's he heels stepped, there. He stepped and just yeah stepped out from behind one and just made it look awkward. Yeah, there were some good runs in that race. Yeah. Infatuation was much better. I reckon if it had a, had a bunny for longer, like she got there, and no fault of Rachel's, but just, just probably floated. got there a little bit too soon and just floated and looked, I think it's the biggest improver out of the race. Yeah, I, I think Summer Loving was very good. It missed the start as well. And Mahaba uh, was very green, mm. and I, th I thought he was excellent uh, in his own right. So only time will tell um, how strong this race is, but it's been strong over the past couple of years. The whole form's held up, but he's a legitimate... I'd say he's a legitimate entry into the Golden Slipper, the winner for sure, and there's a couple of improvers behind. By one of your favourites, Corey, exceed Nick Sell. Probably the best horse I rode. You reckon? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sprinter. Mm. Um, yeah, he was, he was pretty special. Well, here's Darren Beeman after the race and also Hugh Bowman. As soon as he jumped, we went, oh, plan B. But, um, you know, fortunately, you know, you've got a, a jockey of Huey's calibre. You know, he's a very cool customer and he doesn't get overawed in those occasions. And... Um, he's, he's a very push-button horse. He's like a horse that's had five or six starts and really conserves his energy, worked his way through the pack, come out and, and um, you know, hit the line with, with a lot of purpose and uh, determination and he's classed with a capital C. You thought he was the, the pick of them in the Kirkham plate of all your runners that you saddled up. Did you see him go on with things since that run at home? 
he's a pretty deceiving type of horse. I watched his work there on Tuesday morning. He worked with Razors, and there wasn't a lot between them, but he only does what he has to right. do. And so, you know, he's up there in the stalls today. He was the same as what he was at Ramwick. So it's a big thing for him to come here today on a new track. Like, he, he um, you know, went to Ramwick, um, you know, he copped that circumference well. I know he drew gate one and he was able to follow the fence, but he had a lot of... A lot against him today, and 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 he was able to overcome. So uh, now was a proper win. Well, you can really set your sights on the slipper now. He's in the slipper, so uh, it's going to be a wait till till March, April. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the team will be able to place him in what they want to place him in le leading into the slipper. But you know, he's a big, strong colt. He's got a lot of lot of size and a lot of structure about him, and great confirmation. Um, but exceed Nick Sell, he's he's delivered again in spades. Our plan was to ride the horse. Four to midfield. I mean, whether that would have eventuated the way it was run, I don't. I can't answer that. But look, he, he actually wasn't fractured. He just happened to go up in the air. Oh, oh, he's on his hind legs when they open, so it, uh, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't my fault. All I could do was deal with the circumstances that I was in, and I just sort of let him be happy for the first half of the race and started to navigate a path for the second half. But I thought when he did eventually get clear air you know I expected him to just really let go but he had a little bit of a think about it so I mean there's huge amounts of improvement mentally with the Colt but he's obviously uh, loaded with talent uh, he's superbly bred and you know he's only going to improve on what he did today. What about at the top of the straight when you got up underneath him did he get a little bit unbalanced once you got him out? Well the, the, there was horses running around in front of me and I had a nice path sort of one off the fence and Due to movement of horses in front of me, I, I was well, I had no option but to change my course. And again, this young, immature horse had to deal with that change of events. And I, I thought he did it very well. And it wasn't until he's out in clear air, he thought I, I could feel him thinking, "Oh, what am I meant to do now?" And I, I just gave him a click up, and he extended beautifully. But he gave me a really good feel, just a natural early running two-year-old type. And like I said, he, he, in a few months' time. He, He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Rachel King, infatuation? Uh, look, she's run super today. Um, big improvement from her first run. I think she's been run down by a very smart one. Regan Bayless, summer loving. Yeah, just got squished at the start, but um, we got on Barber's back, flowed him through, and she hit the line really well, but she's going to improve lengths off that. She's a smart filly. Tom Sherry, Maharaba? Yeah, beautiful run. Um, really nice horse going forward. We'll take a huge improvement over today. Tommy Berry, coincide. Had a nice run early. There's a bit of a scrimmage up around the 600, and... When my bloke saw that, he just got off on one rein and didn't want to stay on the track. All right. Well, um, he'll be back from Hong Kong in time to, yep. to partner him yep. in the slip, yeah. won't he? Well, unless he gets the Jade Mac Pat. <laughs> <laughs> if he comes back and rides him in a trial, James, it just goes all right. Back, back to the bench, Bowman. <laughs> Hughie, you've done a great job. <laughs> but I'll be he, uh, by the way, $11 equal favourite with King's Gambit for the slipper. Here's Hot Danish uh, Stakes Group 2. She's a belder. Already, uh, oh, hang on, we've got Bjorn Baker on the runner-up infatuation. She's a very well-bred filly. Uh, she's got a great pedigree and, and great for have my race horse. A lot of owners, a lot of first-time owners. And, um, no, she went really well. So a million-dollar race and uh, so close yet so far. They're hard to beat Godolphin, particularly with the two-year-olds. But she's in any race we want to go to now, whether it's the Magic Millions or we put her out for the Golden Slipper, we have a bit of a think. But it's hard not to think that we'll head towards the Magic Millions. OK, well, he's won one of those. And here's uh, Adrian Bott on Summer Loving. I thought she was excellent. Um, you know, to run that sort of 
type of race on, on, on debut, um, you know, sort of giving away a bit of sort of race experience there is obviously, obviously very exciting for her going forward. She was making up good ground late, so um, yeah, we'll see what, what the future holds. Don't know exactly what the plans will be just yet, but uh, just just on, on, on this race in isolation, I was um, yeah, most impressed with her going forward. Uh, coincide, just raced that little bit greenly. He, he over, overreacted to a bit of interference there sort of about the, the six or 800 metres and it just um, got him a bit unbalanced there. He got the wrong lead and, and, and just sort of struggled around the, the bend from that point and that was sort of probably the race over from, from, from that point for him. He sort of found it a bit hard to, to pick up. So uh, probably just needs that little bit more exposure, a bit more racing. Um, he can be forgiven for that, but, um, you know, still a nice horse going forward. All right, now to the hot Danish, and she's a belter joined an elite group of uh, in Queensland, winning the Sires and the JJ Atkins double. And she had a delayed return to racing. She came back in the invitation, and this is second up. And a, a much-needed win for Willie Pike, too. Yeah, look, he's, uh, he's, uh, Willie's been a bit frustrating of late, but uh, he gets, he's got confidence in this mare, and she um, gets the job done with this filly. She gets the job done really well. She was always in control. I thought there was little map issues looking at it. I think that's the only thing I doubt I had with her going into the race, but she was always in touch. He drops his whip here before he even gets a, a chance to pull it, I think. It's been going real good. Threw it <laughs> <Yeah>. away. Didn't, <laughs> didn't need I'll it. I'll show you. But um, uh, I, I just think they handed it to Willie Pike. Um, I think Bowman should have been on his bike. Mm -hmm. They you know, they know the, what turn of foot she's got. And um, yeah, Huey on Electric Girl, he, he, I think he should have got ripping right on the point of the home turn and give her something to chase. Um, yep. Not saying she beats her, but um, but yeah, I think Bowman should have got going a fraction earlier. Mm. Um, she was good, lavish girl. She was nearly gifted the race and um, with a, a nice, soft enough lead there. Uh, but it's all about the winner. I think yeah. she's pretty good. You know, her record says that. And now that she's, um, it'd be interesting what the next move will be. I'd suggest there's not much left for her. I don't know. I think she's going out now. One of the best runs of the race. More secrets. Yes, what about that? Yeah. She, uh, she comes from the midweeks yeah. and pinches some black type there, so a good effort from her. She just she, popped up she in behind She was dragging them. back when, yeah. you know, when she needed to be going forward, but no. yeah, I thought it was, yeah. She, she was excellent. Good. Here's uh, Paul Sm Snowden, uh, Willie Pike and all the other joggies. Nothing untoward. It's just a little an infection that took a hell of a long time to, to clear and obviously you're trying to work through that process and, and not lose anything and we were losing the battle, so we had to just pull up stumps and stop. And once you do that, you sort of you go back a week, you go back two weeks, yep. you go back two weeks, you go back you know four weeks. So it's just a matter of a, it's a it's a compensating thing that just took a little bit of time to get over. And we missed the boat, and we just you know um, you know we, we swallowed the pill and, and just, just tried to get her ready for what we could. And all those wet tracks are still around, and we know she's not a fan of. She gets through them, but she's not not as good as what she is like. She is on top of the ground, and you know here we are today. And it was all about probably a light spring with her anyway, and. She's going to go probably to the paddock for a break and she's got a tail up and all the better for it. I was OK with it because I know she sprints. I think they probably actually played into her hands going slow because she's going to sprint better than anyone. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of how it was. So, yeah, I was that confident I threw me whip away. <laughs> Whereabouts did you really know you were going to win the race? Well, I travelled in like the winner, but I, I actually thought I was going too early, but she's just travelling so good I couldn't hold her momentum up any longer. I uh, always felt the winner. Sam Pivot and Lovish Girl. She was terrific. She... Um, you know, she's ran a, a great race today, and she's been beaten by a Group One winner. So, um, no, she's she's in very good form. Jay Ford, more secrets. Yeah, up in grade, run a terrific race. Hugh Bowman, Electric Girl. Look, she was just. I thought a turn of foot was her asset, but she just couldn't really quicken with them, and 
She was in for convenience a bit late, but you know she was beaten on her merits. Tommy Berry, Charlize. Yeah, no, enormous run. Uh, good to see her back on a dry track. They just went too slow for her in the middle stages. All right, there's uh, some of the beaten jockeys there. We'll take a break, come back with more of Rose Hill. Uh, well, Gwenda Markle's legacy will continue. A 19-time Premiership winner at Kembla Grange that we lost last week. Ross McConville has taken over the stable. Uh, a winner on Tuesday and a winner yesterday. Either or. Yeah, she's just a good, tough, durable mare who just has a go in these. This is her level, mind you, uh, these midways. So she's, she's fought hard. I, I thought the second horse was outstanding. Uh, he, he drew wide. He was back in distance. Um, he was wide, no cover the whole way. A Danish prince I'm talking about. Yeah. And he was entitled to drop off. So maybe he goes home uh, with a bit of an excuse there. Look how, look how far back that saddle was on that <laughs> winner. Back one more inch and then she might have had a buck. She would have had a buck for sure. And it's hard, you know, like when you, especially in the position that Tommy was in, it's different if you're back in the pack, you can sort of like ease up on them a little bit. But when you're in front like that, it's, you're riding a fine line, let me tell you, you know, exactly. whether you give it a good shove, because that saddle, the, the actual girth was so far back, um, he was lucky it never slipped another inch, it would have been around a flank. You yeah. can see ask you if it was on the on the head-on as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, the two stable mates, I'm, I think they'd get their foot right on the till to win one of these midways. A Stero, who will be fitter for that, and cool lad, who's going okay. But uh, she deserved another win there, um, either or. She's been, like I said, very good all the way through. Uh, well, let's hear from uh, Ross McConville and also Tommy Berry. Everything's going on as normal as it did before, so um, it'll, it'll all still stay the same. No, uh, no changes at all. How's the staff doing? They're good. They're all, they're all there. They're all there every, every morning at three o'clock, so yeah. the rest of us. So, um, no, everything's going good. And the horses are going great. Oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're going good. Yeah. What did you think coming here today with either or? I thought she was a good thing today. She's just been a bit unlucky in a couple of the other midways, but... Um, I really thought today was her day, sort of thing. She looks magnificent down down the back down there. So, um, so no, very happy, very happy for the owners too. And, and John and Helen North, they, they own the horse. So, um, no, it was um, a very pleasing result. I think Gwenda was looking after me then because I tell you, after about 50 metres, she tightened up and half went to have a little bit of a hop because the, the saddle had slipped so far back. But um, it just showed her class in the end, I guess. And we, she looked the right horse and the right race for her, and uh, she proved it in the end. Take us through that with the saddle slipping back for the for the spectators that are listening. It's as you know, Brandy. It's a very uncomfortable feeling, especially when they slip back that far. Um, it happened out the gates as well, so I um, it felt like I was sitting on a bum, and I had so much rain in front of me. It was a it was very awkward and very unusual, but um, it didn't stop her in the end, and uh, she got that beautiful lead that we expected her to get, and she was too strong. Oh. Needless to say, it's so important because we saw Willie Pike later in the day. He took about half an hour. Yeah, with, with three with three attendants to try and get the saddle yeah. where he wanted it. And all horses are different shapes. You know, some saddles. Right. Yeah, they, they, some saddles don't fit on all of them nicely. Um, and that's what Willie was definitely doing. He might have got a little bit frightened after seeing Tommy's in the first. Yes. <laughs> Double checking. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it can be quite uncomfortable when you end up like Tommy was. Before we roll this. Um, uh, replay. Just tell us about Amy McLucas, uh, who rode the second winner for uh, Tash Burley. You, you, you're working with all these apprentices. Yeah, she's a great young kid. Um, 
she come to Sydney, she went through a little bit of a difficult patch. Um, she ended up going back to Goulburn, back to a little bit of a comfort zone. Um, but she's just riding so well. She's putting them in the right spots, but she just needed a bit of a, you know, lift up, pick up. But um, yeah, once she hit that winner's circle once, yeah, yeah, she's she's gone to another level now. Well, three highways now for that stable. Poker Jack, one, yep. two. Yeah, well, Poker yeah. Jack, the second or the, two weeks ago, or a week ago, she actually gave it a great ride because he's not the easiest of horses to ride. He kept flicking his head and racing, um, you know, very unkindly. But he's. Yeah, he's, she's just in a great place. Yeah, yeah going well. you handle all these kids at apprentice school. There seems to be a good, good bunch of them there now. There are a good bunch of them. Yeah, they're coming through. They're um, they're all going good. We actually got the academy on again this week. Uh, we had it in the previous mm -hmm. two weeks, so they come through and learn all about, learn all about everything basically. Well, we we had a segment on off the rails going back. Remember cooking with Corey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Remember cooking with Corey? I didn't cook much. I think I cooked a bit of lettuce so or something. You're, you're teaching him how to uh, not only ride, but you're teaching Were you just hungry or, or, or teaching him what to eat there? Oh, just a few, just every day, uh, you know, life skills. You know, I was even teaching him how to iron, basically. What? Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of the boys have turned up to the races with shirts, pants, unironed, and it's just. It annoys right. you. It annoys me, yeah. Because Kylie's a big part of this as well. I, yeah. I spotted you out with a few apprentices. You, you, you're right on top of it. Both yeah, of I'm just, just showing life skills, you know. Good on you. Edumacating them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was going on with that omelette? Was that, was was that a Corey Brown recipe? No, or no, no, I was just teaching the kids like simple meals that you can cook, like an omelette for breakfast, instead of going and getting a piece of banana bread or something like that in a milkshake. Mm. You know, like a two-egg omelette and throw a bit of, you know, tomato, onion, mm -hmm. whatever, ham. Just the simple things in life, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's a very good cook. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, I could come around and make... We, we can have a cook-off. <laughs> okay. If you need any help, anything. That's the man. Anything. Okay. All right. A hidden talent. <laughs> Want to move on now? Well, we're talking about a hidden talent with this ride. I know, yeah. I know Berry Road 3, Bowman was superb, but nothing had beat this. No, nah, I, I had it down as ride of the day as well. She, she drew bad. She dug it, put it into a spot, reverse parked it into the 1-1, and then, yeah, she just won as she liked. I actually fancied it even better. Uh, you had a good Pick day. Pick of the yard. <laughs> you had a good day yesterday. You found them equal winners. But anyway, she... This was, well, he had a bit of quality about him, this horse. You know, like the last time he was on a dry track, he was competitive at, you know, that country championship sort of level. So that's Sean there uh, with the big weight. Geez, there were some nice runs in the race. I, the one that caught my eye was the Derby Racing Colours. They're super extreme. No luck at all from that wide draw. You see it in the back there. It's going to explode and it just keeps having to switch course here, Tyler. And uh, I love the last 50 metres of his work. Dan Zadell, well, I'll leave her to everyone else to follow because she can do that. <laughs> she, can, she can pull an enormous run out, which she did there. Look at him, Sir Ravenel. He's not going straight. And he was two out of five lanes. So um, that's the grey horse. Be forgiving with him. Um, Locktown, uh, Locktown Gamble was pretty good second up there after a week, but uh, great ride. Yeah, it was. It was a great ride. Uh, Pale King went back to back. He went 1,900 last week to 2,400 this week. Yeah, and he just dictated terms. Once King Frankel was the late scratching, the favourite, it was all about Pale King and he just rated him well, Yui. Yeah. Um, and it was all over, wasn't it? That's all it was. It was just a, well, basically it was a track work gallop. Really, they just sat off and give him the race up front. You know, a bit of 10 home too. Good effort though. He, he's a he's a real tradesman. This horse, like he he doesn't win by big margins, but he just he's, I love the way that he sticks his head out. He's got a beautiful big action on him. Um, yeah, I, I, it was good training performance as well. 
much better from sounds of tanners considering the tempo of the race. So he, he's a bit hard to follow in his own right. But there's a, a mile and a half restricted race for him somewhere. Well, although the tempo was against Essential Sky, she's obviously much better on, on wet tracks as Not well. Yep. So it's all about the winner and what could have happened, what might have happened if King Frankel didn't rear up at the start. So it looked a two-horse race on paper and end up a... Well, a one-horse race. race. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, disappointment there for the New Newman Stable that um, he was scratched, King Frank. But they came back in the next race, and we'll come back after this break to see Wallinga Ruffio win. Okay, so Martin Unum, uh, they, they lost King Frankel in the previous late scratching. Straight back at it, they were winner with Walinga Rufio. Yep, and he's, um, I think he's going to get better with maturity, this horse. He's still learning, you know, his craft. He was much better again there yesterday. And uh, rated well by Tyler and gets the job done. It was another really well-rated ride because when Tyler was in the position there in the back with Navy Seal and Huey on the top weight, they, they sort of got into a bit of jockeying going down the back and I think Willie Pike should have come back and let Huey go. Um, no doubt. Not, not hand it up straight away, but put a little bit of pressure into it, but he, he should have actually come back and f end up following Huey. But in that position, Tyler could have panicked and actually pushed the button a little bit too early, but he just, he, he rated it well. He's, he's riding super at the moment, Tyler Schiller. He's right he spots. That naval seal he dropped off, I'm not making any excuses for him, but he... he that's an awful position to be in in a race when yeah. you've got a leader and something whipping round, and then you yeah. have to keep kicking, kicking up. It's like you're in the barbecue. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just... Yeah, you know, it is an awful spot. position. But what, what do you do? I know, what do you do? <laughs> uh, just a Jedi's flying, uh, just can't win another race, but deserves to win one, and Colour Sergeant's ready now. And don't give up on Naval Seal. He will, he will bounce back with a more economical run. All right, Fox Fighter. He never won at 1,200 before. He did yesterday. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, he uh, raced. He showed he could race a little bit closer. He's been ridden cold in the 1100s. He was a fit horse, and I'd suggest that's probably that was the difference again. But he's had four runs this preparation, and he's he's held his consistency all the way through. And I just think he was um, he, he ticked off the dry as well. So wet, dry, 1100, 1200, just a, a good, legitimate horse. I, I just don't know where to take this form though going forward. I just uh, you know it's one of those. I think that's the what you see is what you get. You have got a benchmark, you know, 78. You know they're they're probably going to get to an 88. Yeah, I, I think it just mapped perfect for the for the winner, Tommy Sherry. Just took up that couple of lengths closer in the run, it just all fell into place, it worked out perfect. Rightio, uh, we've got a couple of more races to go and we also get to the bottom of Frankie Dottori's father when he rode in <laughs> Sydney. We've finally got to the bottom of it. We hope we have. We think we have. <laughs> we'll come back with that in a moment. Uh, first up yesterday in the second last race of the day, this is I Am Me. Not a strong race. I think uh, the horse to follow out of the day, I think she can charge through her classes and maybe even get to a listed uh, race because she, I love the way she settled. I love the way she, she, she presented with improvement to come. I love the turn of speed. Yeah, that's what when I When she gets the speed, she just mm. puts them away. Yeah. I think she might be pretty good. I, I know... 
Um, she was a little bit weak last preparation, but she got to a listed race at Scone, and I think she'll at least get to that level again. And very likeable win. She looked like she had good improvement too in the yard. She's um, she's not fully wound up yet, but I just love the way she accelerated. Once she got that run, good another good ride by Tommy, just box seat. But then once she got that half a run, Tommy give her that small squeeze. She was she was electric. Well, even the way Tommy she... when he got off, he said, "Oh, my instructor says she mightn't be wound right up." Yeah. that's why he took the sit straight away. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. And the last Group 1 winning trainer, Brad Widdup, with short shorts. <laughs> well, by this stage, um, we're on, you can't blame anyone. It's, it was a rock-hard track, and these uh, back markers had pretty well none. Yep. And that's where she had support, because she's sharp, and she's more or less a midweek performer, but she just found the right conditions and the right race at the right time, and uh, away she goes. So uh, I am lethal, slow out, another excuse for him, a lovely return from Arnaquare, and to the grit is ready, uh, a ton of grit is ready to win. Good to see Tommy Sherry too, riding a double on a Saturday on a decent day. He's been a little bit frustrating since he came out of his time, not probably getting a lot of opportunities, but it was good to see him land a double. Okay, uh, go back to that picture of Corey uh, teaching apprentices how to cook omelettes. Have you got that quickly? Um, because it's, it started a long time ago, your cooking career. It did. A long time ago. This is how far you've come. Uh, but let's go back to off the rails and uh, the start <laughs> of Corey's cooking career. Welcome back viewers to Off The Rails and this is Cooking With Corey. Over the next few weeks I'm going to show you what a jockey's diet consists of. This week I've prepared the lettuce leaf. This week we're going to have the cos lettuce. Cos lettuce is a really nice lettuce. The best way I find to have it is sliced. Or you can have it just as a lettuce leaf. But sliced is much better for the digestive system. There's many different varieties of lettuce. This lettuce is called um, I'm not really sure, but we'll call it fancy lettuce. I generally have that on a Sunday night for a special. What, what is it? Lettuce. What's it in this? I'm gonna die. Leave me alone. Looks good. Now we've also <laughs> got to the bottom. What about how both of us has actually had like darker hair? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and about twelve thinner. kilos lighter. It a bit thinner. <laughs> Um, now we got to the bottom. We, yeah. No one could work out when right. Giancarlo Franco rode a winner in Sydney. Frankie Dottori's uh, father, but he rode a winner in 1969. Yep. We thought it was at Randwick Ray Guy. for Ray Guy. We thought it was for Can at Canterbury for Theo Green. Green. Um, courtesy of Kenny Stone, who found this beautiful vision of 1969. He's passed this on to us, and let's have a look at Giancarlo Franco and his win in Sydney for an international jockey's meet. That old adage, like father like son, is reversed as George Moore follows son Gary's stylish drive at Royal Sydney Golf Club when Sydney's jockeys play host to the four visiting overseas jockeys on the day preceding the international stakes. Frenchman Sean Tayard, a newcomer to the game with a style all his own. Sydney's Peter Mears. England's Lester Piggott goes after the birdies, and from the way he's looking, might have got one. And Italy's diminutive Gian Dottori, another golfing newcomer, seems puzzled by the finer points of the game. However, he proves a bold and dashing putter. So too does Australia's Billy Kamer, as he disproves the adage, never up, never in. 
but Japan's Masaru Kurita, a ten-marker, handles the tough course in tradesman-like fashion. All are more at home at Rose Hill. Tayard rides Avenium in the international stakes, Pigot Dharma Star, and Dottori Colosi Star. Kurita, Bridal Chief. George Moore on second favourite, Monono. From the start, New Tiki leads Monono, Colosi Star and Dharma Star. At the two furlong post, Colosi Star dashes past the tiring New Tiki as Court Prince challenges along the rails. Monono is close up and Dharma Star looks dangerous. But they've no chance of catching Colosi Star, who responds to the unorthodox whip riding of Dottori. Colosi Star goes on to win easily from Court Prince with Monono third. Acclaimed for his polished display in the third international stakes staged by the Sydney Turf Club, Dottori receives his trophy from New South Wales Premier Askin. And Jean pays his own tribute to Colosi Star. And that is uh, Kenny Stone strapping the horse. Yeah. You can see Theo in the background. Now, there, there was more to that story. Max Presnell was relaying it yesterday. Uh, he was speaking to Ronnie Quinton. They'd set that horse up ready to go. And when the fields come out, it was the international jockeys. <laughs> Good right, so they thought, who have we got here? <laughs> this bloke can't speak English. Can't speak English. They say on the day Johnny Paletti was his... Uh, he was Interpreter. Interpreting uh, right. the language. <laughs> you see that wooden, lovely wooden rail there just yeah. cemented on the inside. <laughs> the, the fence was <laughs> fine. There was no bias. Didn't, Beautiful didn't. wooden fence rail there. Oh, there you go. No, no vice that day. <laughs> well, that came via Darren Beedman, courtesy of Kenny Stone. Thank you, Kenny. And one of I, the great men. He's yeah, doing well, yeah. apparently. I, I fit as a fiddle. I used to sit on the bucket. Every time he'd come around to do the horse's teeth, I'd sit on the bucket for hours asking him questions, and I drove him mad. He's a good man. Yeah, legend. He's a good man. All right. And that is it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hunter next week, and then the gong. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend.